Namaste, my friends. Welcome back. Or if you're new here, welcome to the podcast. The Harmony Inspired Health Podcast brings you raw and real conversations from leaders in the industry about all things health, wellness, Ayurveda, and life. My name is Harmony, and I am your podcast host. I am an Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner who specializes in women's hormonal health, a registered nurse, and a business mentor. I'm on a mission to inspire, educate, and empower women to take charge of their health, wealth, and life. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you listen on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating so the wisdom shared in these episodes can be spread far and near. Thank you so much from my soul to yours. Before we hop into this awesome episode, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my six-month accredited program, Ayurveda Alchemist, which will certify you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. Ayurveda Alchemist is for women who are ready to get started with a career in Ayurveda and have more freedom, flexibility, financial independence, and fulfillment. Over six months and 12 course modules, you will learn everything from Ayurveda psychology, nutrition, and lifestyle medicine to how to build an ethical and soulful business. This certification is what you need to stand out from the coaching crowd, become an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach, and monetize your dharma, your purpose. We will be bringing in expert guest speakers who are leaders in their fields, You will hear from specialists in Ayurveda, business, coaching, health, and wellness. You'll be able to complete your Ayurveda certification with all the support and guidance you need. Spots are strictly limited, and we kick off on the 28th of April, 2022. If you are ready to up-level your life and help transform others' lives by becoming an Ayurveda alchemist, head over to harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au and apply today. And because you are a valued podcast listener, I would love to offer you a surprise gift bundle. And on top of that, I will also give you $50 off your tuition. Just comment podcast on the enrollment form. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome everybody back to the podcast. This is Harmony, your podcast host. Today I have the wonderful Amber with me and we are going to be talking about facing your fear and prioritizing yourself. And a little bit about Amber. In 2008, Amber was going through a time of desperation and deep depression. She felt that she had no purpose or desire for life until she found yoga. Through the profound transformation that transpired and continued to evolve in her life, Amber's mission became clear. She continues to study yoga and learn more about herself so that she is able to better serve her students and give back to yoga what yoga has continuously and unconditionally given her over the last 13 years. Upon taking a huge risk and moving to Costa Rica back in 2015, Amber has led over 20 yoga teacher trainings, a dozen yoga retreats, and coached 70 plus women to live a yoga lifestyle. Amber is here on the planet to help other women reconnect back with more energetic 
confident and joyful version of themselves. So welcome to the podcast, Amber. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Harmony. I'm super excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you here and all the way from Costa Rica. We were just talking before we hit record and I was saying I would love to go to Costa Rica as soon as us Australians get freed. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be amazing. And I would love to do a yoga retreat in Costa Rica. I, I look at the pictures and it just like looks so beautiful. So you're, you're very, very lucky, but we know it wasn't an easy um, sort of transformation, which we'll get into a little bit later. But first, I always ask my rapid inspiration questions. So could you please inspire us with what your superpower is? I don't know that if it's a superpower, but I do have this ability where people just feel comfortable to be vulnerable. So no matter where I'm at or what I'm doing, um, I attract people who just really share like hard things um, and in open groups as well. So in yoga teacher trainings, yoga retreats, or even in the online coaching, people really are just able to open up. And I think that I just have this natural ability to allow women and, and people in general to feel safe. Mm, beautiful. I think that's really important for a retreat host and yoga teacher as well. And could you um, let us know what your favorite quote or mantra is at the moment? My favorite mantra, right, or my favorite quote, I guess it would be is you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important um, who we hang out with because we're so influenced by other people. And this quote is continuously coming up around me lately. And it's just one that I'm like, I want to hang out with more people that inspire me, like being here, for example, like doing podcast talk, like it's so important to be around people that lift you up and that you aspire to be like. hundred mm, percent. I totally agree with that. Your, your whole energy shifts depending on who, who you're around as well. So yes, absolutely agree with that. And who or what is inspiring you at the moment? Um, good question. I, the first woman that comes to my mind is Marianne Williamson. Mm -hmm. um, she's a political woman leader in the United States, but she's one that lives from the heart. So even though she's in the midst of all, like some people can call it the yicky stuff, um, she comes from a place of like meditation and heart space and center place and really something to bring to the table of the world of COVID is having those challenging conversations, you know, to mask or not mask, to be quarantined or not be quarantined, vaccinated or not vaccinated. And she does it in such a compassionate way. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I've read some of her books. She's an amazing author as well and speaker. Yeah. And what does an inspired life look or feel like to you? Mm, the jungle. <laughs> the jungle. Um, <laughs> For me, it's it's Costa Rica because I can be barefoot, sandy feet, go into um, a grocery store, not have to wear shoes. There's no shirt, no shoes, no service rules, and you can drink coconuts on the beach. And so oh I think my God. Just, <laughs> you're making me in, so <laughs> in Costa Rica, they call it Pura Vida, so pure life. Um, and you say you can say that to anything, but it's just be simple, simple life. Oh my gosh, I love that. I need to get to Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> so Emma, I would love to hear more about your story and how you got 
um, from your state of sort of deep depression to Costa Rica and obviously just blooming and blossoming and all of the things because those who are listening on podcasts, like um, obviously we have our video on and she's a very radiant, beautiful lady sitting there happy <laughs> and like you just said, in your piece in Costa Rica. So how did that, um, how did that happen for you? What's your story? Hmm. Well, I was, um, I grew up in Iowa. And so if you're not familiar with the United States, it's a farm town. <laughs> there's not a lot going on, you know, there's corn and there's pigs. Um, and so I was in that time of depression, like um, I had two full-time jobs. I was going to school. I had a savings account. I had a car. I had a boyfriend. I had all the boxes checked of success, mm -hmm. except like I had this mantra. I just want to be happy. And on the outside, everyone, no one understood. Um, what do you mean happy? And so I had this decision to make. Yoga was the one thing that made me feel like I was accepted. 35 pounds overweight, exercise sucked. <laughs> I didn't like it. I couldn't go to the gym. Um, now I can go to the gym. I've built endurance and I love to exercise, but it was yoga that gave me that ability to calm my mind. And so I dropped out of college. I left my seven-year relationship and I moved across the country to study yoga. And it was just this calling where I knew there was more. And, you know, being in Colorado, I created this new family of yogis, like-minded people that really allowed me to feel welcome and be more connected. Growing up in, in middle school, high school, I always felt like I didn't fit in. And I went through every little group that there was to try to belong. And I just didn't. And yoga was the one place that I was like, I don't have to try. I just was, I was me. Um, and so that journey led me to meet this guy in Colorado. And he's like, let me take you to Costa Rica. And um, we went on a vacation and I just felt like it brought me to this place in my heart where I was like, I need to move to Costa Rica and lead yoga retreats. Um, so I sold everything I had and I moved to Costa Rica. And I've been here now for six years. And I think that since I found yoga, it's just been this constant evolution of unfolding that hasn't quit since I've stayed committed to my personal practice and, and becoming a better person by committing to me. Mm, absolutely. I, I feel the same. I'm a yoga teacher as well. And um, I, it really helped change my trajectory and life. And yeah, it's it's so much more than I think we give it credit for in the West. And I think a lot of people turn to yoga in the beginning to um, maybe as a fitness thing, if it, if it resonates with them um, on that level or to, to get more flexibility or to stretch out or just to do something a little bit more quiet for the mind other or to cross train with all of their other sort of training methods as well. And then they realize it's so much more than just a practice of, you know, creating shapes with your body and doing some strong poses and doing some stretching poses. Like it's, it's such a, a profound experience beyond the asana, beyond the actual practice of what you're doing on the mat. Um, so I, I guess most people listening, they would have heard of yoga and perhaps even attended a yoga class or training, especially people listening to this podcast. As we know, yoga is the sister science of Ayurveda. I'm an Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner. So we, we talk a lot about Ayurveda throughout the podcasts. Um, so I'm assuming most people listening to this would have heard of yoga. 
Um, but for those that don't know much about yoga, could you please explain what it is, I guess, beyond just the physical postures? I mean, you can go into that too, but just sort of really what it is. Yeah. And, and to touch on, you know, we think of yoga, we think of these extravagant poses. And I always say it's who we become along the way to get into those postures. Mm -hmm. um, because it isn't like one day, some people, yes, they're, they're flexible and they're strong and it's easy. But for most people, it's hard and it's a commitment and it's a practice. And you learn so many things along the way in those asana practices that teach you things about life on and off of the mat. And so for me, um, I have a podcast and it's yoga off the mat and it's because yoga starts on the mat, right? We go and we want to get a good exercise. We want to sweat. We want to feel better, but really what happens is there's this space because we find mind body connection. So if you're listening and you've been to a yoga class, you know, your first yoga class, it's like, did the teacher say left or right? Yeah. inhale or exhale. And it's like, you're so like not connected because you're trying to think about it. But after you get a committed yoga practice, it's like you find a flow of connection with your mind and your body. And when you're able to find that flow and connection in your mind and body, there's so much more freedom and liberation that you find in your life off of the mat, because you can be more present in the things that are happening. And so you, the yoga mat practice is this relationship you build with yourself. Um, it teaches you how to surrender, how to listen, and how to just be. And so when you get off of your yoga mat, it's like, how can you use that surrendering, listening and being practice in your relationships with your job, with your partner, with your family, with your friends in the external world outside of you. So it's this balance of how can I deepen my relationship to self to enhance the intimate relationships I have with the external world? Mm, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so much more than, yeah, just the poses on the mat. It, it is really about that sort of deep connection to self. And I don't think, you know, obviously when people first try it, it might take them a few times or they might try it and then come back a few years later. But eventually people see the, the, the bigger picture of yoga. And like Ayurveda is the sort of the science of the health. Like it's all about the health of the mind and the body and longevity. Ayurveda means the science of life and longevity. And as I mentioned, it is the sister science true yoga, but yoga is really the path of enlightenment, that path, to, the path to moksha. And it's the spiritual path that we take. And when we put them together, it's this really beautiful holistic picture of, of our health, of our mind, of our body, of our um, spirituality. It's, it's everything that you know we we do to get to that sort of higher higher self or to not get to because we already are that higher self but to sort of really understand and tap in to it and listen to it and just sort of un understand and know our innate wisdom inside of us and it seems like through the practice you developed a deeper connection to self I mean we spoke about in 2008 you went through this really dark place and you did you start practicing yoga then or had you already been practicing yoga in 2008 is when I started or took my first class yeah amazing and what did you think on your first class 
I was so like high. I don't even know the place that I went to, but it was a hot yoga class. So I just came out like, I just felt like I could take on the world. It was like the best feeling I ever had. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. But yeah, I guess like through, through that sort of um, the practice starting in 2008, it seems like that you've developed this deeper connection to self because when you, um, have depressive thoughts a lot of stress and anxiety you're not as deeply connected to self as you could be you're living more through um that that ego self and I think part of being deeply connected to your internal self is also the trust that you build with yourself and I guess that helped you um to take that big leap to move to you know in that faith to move to Costa Rica and 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 do what what you're doing now which is amazing and any big change or transformation, it can bring up fear. So even, even when you're practicing yoga and connecting to self, you still get fearful if you're going to make this sort of big change in your life. So how did you move through that fear? Yeah, and the thing about it is, is like when we're practicing yoga, you know, people think, oh, handstand, I can't do that, you know, balance on my hands. And it's like, when we step into fear on the yoga mat, and we achieve it, turning what we thought was impossible into possible, it gives us confidence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I first started the yoga practice for me, it was physical. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to get, you know, stronger. I wanted to be healthier. Um, And then that journey started to become, I wanted to be a better person. And then it's like, oh, now I want to make this better person, help other people become better people. So it helped me to have a bigger influence as I deepened my relationship. And then as I started to be able to get into these extravagant poses. Um, I lost, you know, 35 pounds. I was able to balance and back bends and handstands and do these crazy transitions that like the unflexible girl that failed every tryout growing up in in high school and middle school um, was able to do. And it was like, wow, what else am I capable of? And so I use that like mirror of my practice on the mat as a way to step into things that were scary in my life off the mat. And so moving from Iowa to Colorado is like the first step. And I was just like, well, you can always go backwards and be a waitress in Iowa. You know, you can always go back to college. And when I was in uh, Colorado, I used that same mindset. I was like, you can always move back to Colorado if it doesn't work out. But like moving to Costa Rica was like a different country. And and it's a country where like minimum wage is less than $3 an hour. And I was making good money. I was teaching 16 yoga classes a week. I had like this full-time job. I only really had to work like 15 hours. And so it was this big step and this big leap. And it was just like, well, if it doesn't work out, you can always go backwards. And then there I was one time, like in Bali, leading a yoga teacher training, thinking to myself, looking at the stars, like, Amber, you're not going backwards. Like you're just going forwards. So it was stepping into what scared me with the reality that it could not work out. And also the reality that if it doesn't work out, you can always go home. You can always, you know, go backwards. And then I had to like, get out of that mindset of using like failing and going backwards and just being like, failure doesn't mean that you failed. It just means you learned, you know, Mm -hmm. life guided you in another way and in another route. And I always say like, I couldn't have done any of that without like a yoga or meditation practice. 
without that connection that you mentioned is trust, building that ability to trust. And one thing that I always tell my clients is like, if you have this dream, then it's meant for you because not everyone has a dream to be a yoga teacher and move to Costa Rica and, and help women practice self-care and self-love. But for me, that was my dream. So if that came to my mind, then it's for me. And so whatever dream you have in your mind, it came to you for a reason. Mm, absolutely. And I think your dream of Costa Rica is similar to mine with Bali. Like I love Bali and I feel so homesick at the moment because I haven't been able to go there. I'd be, I used to go there a couple of times a year. I actually had um, a yoga retreat. I was supposed to be running there that obviously got cancelled due to COVID and yeah I just I absolutely love it and I've always envisioned like living there for a while um, but you know I have a life here I've got husband I've got kids and it's a, it's a little bit harder just to sort of pack up everything and go and I know that a lot of listeners they they may also have a dream um, that they want to pursue but the reality is that they do have a lot of responsibility holding them back and whether that be a stable job and income to pay the mortgage and bills I mean the older you get the more you sort of accumulate <laughs> more debt I should say <laughs> and they've got children and family so what advice would you do you have for those people who are, are really struggling with the reality that they have and their responsibilities and also yearning to pursue their dream? It's a really good point because I had that dream to move to Costa Rica for four and a half years mm -hmm. and I, I didn't get to pursue it right away. I had to work two full-time jobs and teach 16 yoga classes a week and save money. And so it didn't just happen overnight. And sometimes like I always say, like I've had a dream to own property in Costa Rica for 10 years. And every time I like write down my goals, many of them are becoming achievable. Many of them are achieved, but there's still some on the list that keep making it to the list that I haven't got to do yet. But the vision is still there and the idea is still there. And so what I say is like, maybe not now, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Sometimes it's just a matter of when. And what happens when we just surrender to trust and timing, it's like sometimes there's something even bigger or better on the other side that we don't even know. And I was just working with a client who she wanted this dream house. Her husband said, no, she was so mad at him and so sad. And then when we had our closing call, she's like, we found the best house. And now I know exactly why that other house didn't happen. And the whole time we were working together, she wanted a new job. This job was not being nice to her and really disrespecting her. She got the house and she got a new job on the same day, but it took, you know, six months. And so whether it's six months or six years, just commit to yourself and, and know that it's coming. It just might not be like as quick as we want it, especially now, like in a world where like, all we got to do is grab our phone and Google it or instant gratification, go to the store and buy it in abundance that life is unfolding. It's, you know, sometimes a flower takes months to blossom and bloom and others take, you know, a couple days. And I think it's just back to what you said earlier with trusting and in, in the natural unfolding of of life because you know my life unfolding like 2008 it wasn't like one day I woke up happy living in Costa Rica you know that dream took what eight to 15 like six years so mm -hmm. it it's a process and that's why I love the yoga practice because you think like oh once I get to this pose it's gonna be this but it's 
everything that you learn on the way to get to that pose. And then when you get to the pose, you realize the pose didn't even matter. Mm, absolutely. And I think you brought up a really good point about um, we're in a world of instant gratification. And I try to educate my kids on this as well, because we are, we, you know, snap your fingers, Google something, you know, take away food. Like there's just an abundance of everything. And we've, we've really lost touch with reality of, of being appreciative of the smaller things because we're just so used to getting everything when we want everything. And I, I suppose that's why people can feel so frustrated with, with their dreams. And, you know, and there are some people that are just never, never happy with anything because once they've got it, that sort of that thrill of achieving it is over and then they're on to the next goal and on to the next. And they never really just stop and appreciate with what they got. But I also think it is really important to have, you know, have a dream and to have these aspirations to, to live your most inspired life. And even with myself, like I said, you know, I've got this dream to, to live in Bali, but it was just a like about taking those sort of small steps and integrating it into what I can achieve at the moment. And for me, luckily enough, um, prior to COVID, that was going to Bali. It was working there, running retreats. It was attending yoga retreats. It was taking my family there and experiencing it and creating relationships with, you know, the local Balinese people. And I've been doing that for many, many years. And I know that, you know, we, our life is always sort of in ebbs and flows and we transition through different time periods as well. So, Perhaps when my kids are all grown up, you know, me and my husband might go and move there for three months. It's definitely not like off, off the books or off the radars. It's just one of those dreams that constantly sort of working towards and, and implementing what I can. And um, at the moment, I guess, even for me with everything that's, I guess, with COVID going on, like I said, we can't even leave, I can't even leave my state, let alone my country in Australia. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm sponsoring um, a charity in Bali. So I'm still feeling very connected, connected to the place. And I just know that sort of those little small things that you can do that keeps your, um, you in, in that dream and in that reality, it just makes uh, finding that sort of connection to what it is that you want in life really helps to accelerate and, and bring that dream forward. And like you said, we don't know when it's going to present itself, but trusting that everything is going to be unfolding. But I definitely think bringing yourself and doing small steps or some small things that you can do to, to make part of that dream your reality. Um. Yeah, I think like what you said, like the small steps and oftentimes when it unfolds, you're like, oh, this is when I was supposed to be here, you know, and, you know, just hearing you talk about Bali makes my heart melt so much because like, for example, like I was in India lockdown um, during the beginning of COVID because I was supposed to lead a yoga teacher training and Costa Rica closed borders. So I couldn't come back. So while I was in India, I was like, okay, I'm moving to Bali. I bought a visa. I was going to move to Bali, but there was no flights from India to Bali. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back home to Costa Rica. And then when flights open up from Costa Rica to Bali, I'll move to Bali. And then I fell in love. And so now it's like, there's no sight of Bali, but just hearing you talk about the Balinese and the vision and the idea, it's like, oh, maybe it's just not now, but it can be later, you know, and, and however it is that you find that connection to those places that 
bring you back to home. It's, it's the stepping stones that lead you there. And it might not be now, but I think that it's hard to not think now when everything else can be now, when we're so used to it being now that um, we lose track if it doesn't happen when we want it to. And I think that's a, a good practice in the yoga world is we want to get to a certain pose now, but our body isn't quite open yet. Mm-hmm. And it might take one person three months where it takes another person three years. I think it goes the same with our goals and our inspirations. It's just not meant for us in the time that we're really craving it. And when it is that time, it, it will happen. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree with that. I love it. <laughs> Everyone, we've still got hope. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to that hope. <laughs> but it's exciting mm. as well because I think if we knew how everything was going to unfold and exactly where we're going to be in like two years, five years, I mean, that's not life. That's not really living. It's not interesting, right? And like you said, we might take a different turn because that we didn't see it. We didn't have that imprinted in like our goals, but it was meant for us. There was something bigger that was out there for us so that we could live sort of our purpose and and our higher self and our dharma and and really embody everything that we were we were born to embody but sometimes we don't know what that is ourselves until we're given another path to go down by the universe so i also um would really love to talk about um the ego self versus the the self the sense of self so yoga talks a lot about the ego self ahamkara where a sense of um, self is formed and manifests from buddhi our intellectual faculty versus what we've been talking about the higher self so can you speak on the higher self and when you should listen to the ego self versus the higher self i mean the ego often gets sort of a bad rap but it does play a really important role as well in sort of i guess Uh, protecting us as in in a sense so I'd love for you to sort of speak on that yeah so like ego keeps us safe ego Mm. is discernment and we need to be egoic at certain times for that ability to discern should I go out with him should I not go out with him you know and then higher self can come in and help us make that decision more clarity. But I feel like in a world now where it's like ego is looked at as this bad thing, like let's get away from it. I think that we need the ego to help us discern between right, wrong, left, right. Um, And what I mean by that is like, you can be too egoic. It's all about me everything has to be the center of myself. But then if you think about like brahmacharya in in moderation in the sense that like, yes, it should be about you up until a certain point. And so it's like, if I have discernment, ego, no, I don't want to go out with you. Um, Listening to higher self, it's time to take care of me. My higher self wants connection relationship. I need to stay at home tonight. And so if you're always living in higher self, you're never going to leave your meditation cushion. You're never going to leave your yoga mat. You're never going to engage in the external world. Whereas like, you know, if you're living in the egoic like places, sometimes you'll have chocolate and a glass of wine and, you know, do the things that are like the nose. Whereas like, if you're living in the, the higher self all of the time, it's like, 
you're living in a cave by yourself meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we, we need both in this world because you want to be connected to the higher self so that it's, you're not just sitting at home eating ice cream, <laughs> you know, like, and, and that's all you do. Um, and, and I think the higher self will help you choose, you know, what's best for me in this moment when you allow the ego to be in space of that. Mm, beautifully said, really well said. I also think there's a lot of, um, no better word for it, but like false higher self amongst the yogi community as well. They're constantly chasing this higher self or think that they've sort of, they're living it, but really they're sort of disconnecting themselves. They're actually being very judgmental and looking down to people. And that is not coming from a place of higher self. So like you said, you know, we do have to have that balance. You know, we're living in this sort of human experience and in this world um, where I, I, I guess maybe what I'm getting at is there's a lot of spiritual bypassing with the whole trying to um, reach your higher self. And when you're constantly trying and, and pushing yourself to get to that place, it's actually not coming from a higher self you're not you're not being and then when you project that onto others like I think that um yeah there's a lot to be said about that sort of spiritual bypassing is there anything that you wanted to um or that you could talk on about that from your own experience yeah because I think if you're forcing yourself to do something it's not the higher self Um, one thing that I always spoke of is like, before I found yoga, like I ate unhealthy and I didn't want to exercise and I didn't have that connection to how it made me feel. Mm. Um, and then as I committed to the yoga practice and got more connected to my higher self, I naturally started to choose foods that made me feel better. I naturally started to choose more time out in nature and less time on my phone. And so I think that's where the higher self comes in and it becomes who you are rather than something you try to be. And I think that in, in today's world, there is a lot of spiritual bypassing people that don't want to be involved, don't want to have those conversations. And I think that what we have to do is have those conversations and let like our choices be natural rather than be like, you have to do it this way. This is the right way because there is no right or wrong way. Um, there it's balance in, in everything that you do. And so I think when it's force, it's just as if you were doing it or not doing it. Um, and, and I think that what we have to do is really listen to what our body says. Um, we can get so attached to yoga looks this way and it eats this way and it acts this way, but really yoga is like the awareness of your choices. And it gives you the ability to tap into ego, tap into higher self and make those choices from the art of listening rather than, you know, it has to be by the books. Yeah, absolutely. And I I feel that with Ayurveda too. Sometimes um, people say, oh, there's so many rules, but there's no rules. They're guidelines. It's it's, essentially, it's up to you to make the right choices for you as an individual. And yoga itself, I mean, there's that quote that yoga um, is a journey to the self through the self. So then what, and what I've sort of been seeing, I guess, in this chaotic times in the spiritual community, which has been somewhat disappointing, is that I've felt um, a lot of them have, you know, been very judgmental and 
saying that they are living from a higher self and we and everybody else is not as woke as them if they don't align with their their values and if they don't align with what they're saying and starting to so so for instance I've, I've seen quite a few um people in the spiritual world that they're, they're sort of writing all these things on Facebook saying um like basically everyone is stupid if you're not listening to sort of us moving into the 5d world and we're awake and you guys are all not awake and they're just being the way that they're putting it across is very judgmental and it's sort of dictating how these other people should be and and live and the values they should have on their journey whereas our life is all about our own journey and it's a journey to that self to that higher self and I don't feel that these people who are sort of sprouting all of this stuff in that negative way are acting from that higher self, yet they're saying they are. And it's giving a really uh, a mis, a misleading representation of spirituality and yoga and higher self. And that's sort of sort of what I wanted to clear up, I guess, a little bit in the conversation that, you know, living from a higher self is about your own personal choices and values and just being a good person <laughs> like just having ethics and having those those values and and knowing your truth and being able to speak your truth of course but doing it without judgment and doing it with empathy and compassion for others and understanding yeah and I think what you just said was really good because those people that are saying it's this way or you're wrong is separation and yoga is uniting. Why are we making people feel guilty for their own choices? And a conversation I was having earlier today is like, I'm holding space, whether you choose to get the vaccine or not. Like, I don't want to judge you if you don't, or you do, if you wear a mask or you don't, like, I want to understand why you're making that decision rather than saying like, oh, you don't care if you don't get vaccinated. You don't care if you wear a mask. Oh, you're a bad person. If you want to start to travel, it's like, that doesn't make me a bad person. I think there's a lot of spiritual bypassing in the sense that, you know, some people are being reckless. Some people are being self-centered, but I don't think that my opinion is any better or more right than your opinion. And I think that yoga, we can have these conversations rather than separation, but uniting and holding space for two different opinions to be opposing and, and be able to sit at the same table. Mm, perfectly said. Absolutely. It's all about, yeah, that's it. Uniting you. And we can all respect and understand that we have differences, but, you know, being, yeah, understanding, I think is, is, yeah. You said it beautifully. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to summarize that. I loved what you said. Now, is there any? I know we sort of went off off on a bit of a tangent, so we sort of started talking about like being able to face your fears, <laughs> living the life of your dreams, and then we went right down this sort of yogi spiritual sort of um, web, which yogis often do. And I love those conversations, and I really think that they they need to be out there and they need to be heard. So I love all that. But I'd just like to bring it back and just sort of finish off with maybe some three take home tips on how our listeners can start to prioritize themselves and face their fears. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to prioritizing ourselves, we will face fears because sometimes your needs are going to be different than what someone else in your world wants. And that can be scary. How to tell someone you love no. 
how to let someone else down. And so when we think about prioritizing ourselves, it's like, what do you need in, in a higher self sense with, without being, you know, self-centered, but like, what do you need in this moment? And are you willing to do whatever it takes to get there? And, and when I say whatever it takes to get there, that might mean telling someone else no. Because when you say yes to yourself, sometimes that means saying no to other people. And so when you wake up in the morning, it's like, what do I need today? What do I need today? And, and how can you give that to yourself? It might be taking a bath, going on a walk, canceling a date with a friend in the evening, or it could just be having a glass of water and moving your body. But, but every single day, like letting your day be started with you. Mm -hmm. Starting your day with you in some way rather than checking your phone or starting your to-do list take 10 minutes for yourself give yourself 10 minutes mm -hmm. and if there's something that you've been wanting to do that the only reason you're not doing is because you're scared it doesn't work out there's only one way to find out if it will and that's to go for it and if you like we were talking before if you're in a place where like it's actually not possible because you're in lockdown or the money's not there or there's something there is a roadblock hold the space for the vision and write down some action steps that you can continue to water that seed because sometimes seeds don't sprout right when we want them to but the more energy that you give it the more attention that you give it the more likely it is to sprout and so continue to water your seeds of intention continue to water your goals and i think that as you start to do that you are prioritizing yourself you are prioritizing your needs and every single morning that you start your, your day with 10 minutes, you'll get more and more clear on what it is you need and action steps you can take to move towards things that scare you. Mm, I love that. Absolutely. So good. <laughs> I, lo I have loved this conversation. There's been so, so much goodness in it. And I really hope, and I'm sure that our listeners have got a lot of, out of it. Maybe if it's just one sort of take home or one realization whatever whatever that may be or even sparked a little dream within you um I know it's made me really excited for for my dream getting back to Bali and also one day going to Costa Rica for a yoga retreat I would love to meet you in person over there one day so could you please let us all know where we can find you yeah, you can find me on my website, amberhagberg.com. Um, and, and that will lead you to any of my social media outlets. And if you're in a place that you can travel, I, I do have one space left for the December retreat. So if, if borders open up, if visas open up, um, you can come hang out with me here in person at, at the end of the year. Yeah. And so have, obviously the retreats are filling up in Costa Rica. Has it been quite... Um, who who's coming like who are you getting like Americans Costa Rica people like who's coming all of? over all it's, over but Australia <laughs> all over but like Canada and Australia oh um, because they're not allowed to travel um there's certain places that aren't but the reality is is like Costa Rica is one of the only countries that allows you to come here without a COVID test you just have to have travel insurance in the event that you got COVID you'd be covered in the hospitals but we typically have a high season and a low season and no business has seen a low season start and normally it's now and we're just like I went I had to do a visa run I have to do a visa run every 90 days and there's like 300 400 people in customs waiting because so many people are traveling here and I always say like 
you're coming here to be in nature. It's not like we're going to events that are close together and lots of people. Everyone's going to the beach and hiking to waterfalls and and being outside. So it's not like spiking COVID, you know, numbers because we're not in close contact with people. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to wear your mask and, and, the grocery store or, you know, at restaurants, but it really, tourism has been, you know, higher this year, I think than any other year, just given the fact that um, the borders have been open, you know, since the end of last year, 2020. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's a different world from what, what we're in over here, but I'm so excited and I cannot wait because I'm really, I'm really just yearning for that. So you've, you've given me like, so much inspiration and just so much hope and so much excitement. And I just, I can't wait to plan a trip there. So thank you so much for coming on. And um, yeah, like I said, I really love this conversation and I will put all your link in the show notes and I will hopefully see you in Costa Rica one day soon. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I I hope that you guys are freed soon. (laughs) Thank you. If you missed the intro because you wanted to jump straight into the episode, don't forget that my six-month Ayurveda Alchemist program is open for enrollment via application. This program certifies you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. Over six months, you'll gain access to the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda and graduate with the knowledge of how to run a business around Ayurveda. Spots are strictly limited and we kick off on the 28th of April, 2022. If you are ready to up-level your life and help transform others' lives by becoming an Ayurveda alchemist, head over to harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. And just because you're an amazing, valued podcast listener, I'm going to offer you a surprise gift bundle when you enroll. I'm also going to give you $50 off your tuition. Just comment podcast on the enrollment form. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and staying right to the end. Let's take our relationship a little further and connect in the world of socials. Follow me personally on Instagram at harmony.inspired.ayurveda. My women's health clinic on Instagram is harmony underscore inspired underscore health or join our Facebook community, the Ayurvedic Soul Sister Tribe. Reach out on any of those channels and let me know if you enjoyed the episode, what type of episode you would like to hear more of in the future, or simply just swing by and say hi. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you listen on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating so the wisdom shared in these episodes can be spread far and near. Thank you so much, my friends, from my soul to yours.